If you have your Bible this morning, turn to Hebrew chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 12 through 16. We're going to talk about how the presence of God produces the sacrifice of praise. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 13, looking at verse 12. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, but the Bible says, Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people, that's you and me, with his own blood, he suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go. In other words, because of that, because of what he did, because he suffered outside the gate, let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. For we have no continuing city. We're not going to stay here. Come on. But we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him, let us what? Continually offer the what? sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips the giving thanks to his name but do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices God is well pleased God is well pleased I believe there are many of us that pray to God we pray because we're in situations. We pray because we want some a family member to be saved or delivered. We pray because our marriage is on the rocks. We pray because our job is not what we think it should be. We pray uh, because of so many things. And so many people often uh, feel like they don't get their prayers answered. Or God, is he even listening to my, does he even hear what I have to say? And I think that one of the things we have to understand is that we get so so emotional and there's nothing wrong with emotions because God gave us emotions they're real and we have them and they are there to be used we cannot subdue our emotions come on emotions are there for a reason but what the devil wants you to do is he wants you to get emotional and he wants you just to stay there he wants you to stay in your emotions come on he wants you to stay in your feelings he wants you to stay right there but we have to understand our, our feelings are there to, to, to be a catalyst to push us we have to explore what are we there why do we feel this way and what can it bring how can it bring us to a closer relationship with God but so often we get caught up in our feelings and then we begin to feel sorry for ourselves. Well, God just doesn't love me. He doesn't love me as he loves uh, Brother James or Sister Dietrich or Brother David. He loves them, but not me as much. Maybe it's something that I did. Maybe I was wrong and he never forgave me for that. I don't know why God isn't blessing me as much as he's blessing the other one. And one of the things we don't realize is that emotions alone, tears alone, don't get us into the courts of God. You stand outside the gate and cry, but that alone doesn't get us into his courts. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And we are justified by faith. We can't even please God without faith. And so the first thing is we have to believe and we have to have faith. We have to know that we know that God has set his love upon us. We have to know that we know that. And then the other thing we have to understand is that we have to be thankful and we have to praise. Oh, oh no, it's, it's, listen, it's not a suggestion. It's not something that we can do if we feel like it. Because you don't get into his courts. You have to understand that thanksgiving, come on, get you into the gate. Th 
Thanksgiving gets you into the gate. That gets you into the outer court. Come on, that gets you into the outer court. But praise gets you into the courts of God. We come into the gates with what? Thanksgiving. And we enter into his courts with praise. Psalm 63 verse 3 says this because you might have heard this before too. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall what? Praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands to your name. My soul shall satisfy as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I shall praise you. Why? Because he is God. Remember when God was having a conversation with Job? He said, listen, where were you? Where were you, Job, when I created the world? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? But watch what he says. Listen, pay attention to this. You ready for this? He says, when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. Can I tell you something this morning? Praise is older than the earth. Praise is older than you. Praise was here before you were here. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't come up with praise. Come on, you're not doing anything special when you praise, but it is our duty to praise God. If we want to get into the courts, we must praise. Praise has been here long before we were created. What a beautiful beginning to the earth that the morning stars are singing together. Come on. Uh, the sons of God are shouting. Why? Because of the presence of God. No presence, no praise. No presence, no praise. God's presence demands our praise. You see, the presence of God is a word that speaks to what? The demeanor, the countenance, the air of a person that is present. In other words, he's here. He is here. He is tangible. He's here. He is engaged. He is with us. God is tabernacling with us. This has been God's plan since the beginning. Come on. I mean, listen, yeah, we've had Pentecost. We've had Passover. It's God's desire to tabernacle with us. God is not some far off God that's busy doing other things, helping people in China and Russia and other planets or whatever it is he's doing in the universe. No, God is here with you. And his presence here with you demands your praise. Come on. That is what the omnipresence of God, it seems like God is just everywhere at the same time, but we have to realize that he's, his presence is manifest with us. That's what we want. We want the manifest presence of God. That means that he is readily perceived by the senses. Come on. He's here. He's especially perceived by sight. We can see him. He is here with us. Not only that, but God's manifest presence reveals a lot about his character and his intentions towards his people. The fact that God manifests himself reveals something about him. God's presence demonstrates his desire to be with us. He is here, not just everywhere. He's not just everywhere. He's here. He's here. You have to understand that scripture begins and ends with the presence of God. 
It starts with his presence in Genesis 1-1, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And the Bible ends in Revelation 22. The Spirit and the bride say, come, come into my presence. The presence of God is all throughout the Bible. And guess what? Not his omnipresence, but I'm talking about his presence that is here. His presence reveals who he is. Uh, he said, I will dwell among the people of Israel and I will be their God. I will be present with you. He dwells not only with you, but he dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? I love the King James. Know ye not, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on. You are the temple of God. God is just not here in this church. God, please meet us in the church. You know what God says? Take me with you and I'll meet you there. <laughs> Bring me into the church and I'll, I'll be with you. But guess what? Take me to the restaurant. Take me to the bowling alley. I'm with you. I'm not just omnipresent. I am present with you and it demands our praise. Listen, to know his presence is to know joy. You will show me the path of life, David said. In your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand there are what? Pleasures evermore. Why would you not want to be in his presence? You know, it's, it's our perception of God, I think, that keeps us at a distance. We stay at an arm's length reach from God because I think it's, it's, it's our perception of who he is. In, in her book, Think Like God, Understanding Your Original Mind, uh, this author, Denitra Brown, she brings up this question that when you think of this word commandment, what, what initially comes to mind? If I were to ask you this morning, think of the word commandment. What comes to your mind? Rules. What else? Come on, talk to me. What, what, what comes to your mind when you think of commandment? Come on, laws. Love. Love. Laws. Protection. What else? What comes to your mind when you think of commandment? Instruction. Yes, instruction, rules, law, no-nos, obedience. Obedience. That's what I think of when I think of commandment. I better do it or else. These are some no-nos. But in this book, she brings out the point that what if we thought about this word differently, commandment, and we understood what God really meant when he said, follow my commandment. She explains that really it's just God's way of thinking. He's trying to tell you, this is how I think. I think that if you, I don't know some children in here, if you don't fornicate, <laughs> Come on. And you save that for marriage, you'll have the best sex ever. That's the way I think God is saying. I don't know how you think, but uh, I can tell you why God, uh, I would listen to God because he created it. And not only marriage, but sex. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible says. That's what God says. That's the way I think. That's the way I think. I think that if you're a giver, then you will receive. Hallelujah. Press down shaking together, running over, shall all men give unto your bosom, if you're a giver. That's the way God thinks. Hallelujah. It's just simply his way of thinking. He doesn't want us to follow him because of some rules. He desires a relationship with us because he loves you and wants the best for you. That's why he requires our praise. He just wants you to think like he thinks. He wants you to think the same way he does. He created everything. Why would we not want to think like him? 
Why would I? I'm going to bring something different. I know God, you're God, yeah, and all that, omnipresent, you've been here, you're eternal. I, I get all that. But I, I, I want to bring something else to the table. Let me bring, let me bring what my thoughts to the table and add it to what uh, you're doing, as if we can add to God. Come on. I mean, that's just like, you know, if my wife had a job, you know, she's making $4 million a year. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I said, you know what? I'm sitting around here doing nothing, and I, I want to be equal with you. So I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to get me a job over at Kroger, and I'll make $48 a week. Now we have $4,048. I'm adding to it, and now... Praise God. I have as much say as you do in everything. <laughs> I mean, I know it's just a silly little thing, but it's, it, that's how, listen, that's how it is with God. What are we bringing to the table? What are we bringing to the table other than our obedience? That's what we can bring to the table. We can bring faith and obedience. And guess what? That's what God wants from us. That, but we try to bring everything else except for faith and obedience. Having a relationship with God, listen to this, it means that you have access to the greatest resource in the universe. The greatest resource in the universe. I'm talking about it's better than knowing the president. It's better than knowing the president of the bank. <laughs> Come on, it's better than uh, being the smartest person in the world. It's better than everything. You have access to the simply, simply the greatest resource in the universe. And you are loved, watch this now, watch this, ready for this. You are loved by the very definition of love. You are loved, you're not loved by another person who has love. You're loved by love. I don't know if you get that. I don't know if that, I don't know if that sinks in. But you're loved by love. You're loved by love. And number three, you're covered by the highest authority. God answers to no one. There's no, he takes counsel with no one. There's no one he checks with to see, you think I'm, I'm okay here? Am I on the right track? No. He takes counsel with himself. You are covered by the highest authority that there is. And you, guess what? You will never be rejected by the only acceptance that matters. The only acceptance in the universe that matters will never reject you. This is why we want the presence of God. Why? Why would I praise God? Why would I give a sacrifice of praise? Exodus 33, 13 says, Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Moses is saying, show me now your way that I might know you, that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation, your people, your people want to follow you. You know what God's response to that prayer was? He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That's God's response to our prayer. A lot of times we feel like we're not hearing an answer from God and God's telling us, my presence will go with you. My presence, my presence will. God, God loves to do miracles. God himself in our eyes is a miracle. We don't understand him. Come on, you, you're telling me you understand the Trinity and oneness and uh, you, I, well then you, I, I just, I'm not going to say you're lying, but I mean a full understanding of all of that? Come on. I mean, I don't understand how God is three in one. I just know that he is. I don't understand how he does it. I don't understand how the wind blows. I don't understand a lot of things. I just know that it does. And God is. God says, come to me and believe that I am. We need to believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Come on. 
And so God loves to do miracles. You're in trouble, call on God. He loves to do miracles. But you know what God loves more than that? He loves to just give you his presence. He loves to give you his presence so you don't get in those situations. Come on. He loves to give you his presence so that way you know what to do every time you get in those situations. Listen, the, the just shall live by faith, not by miracles. The, the just shall not live by events. The just shall not live by a Sunday service and then the next Sunday service and then the next event with God and then the next big prayer time with God. No, the just shall live, move, and have their being by faith. God wants to give you his presence. That's why it requires the sacrifice of praise. This is why David was able to say in Psalm 119, I will love your commandments. I will love your commandments. And if David just thought of commandments only as rules and laws and no-nos and obedience and just that, all of those things are true. But really what it is, is he understood that this is the way God thinks. This is the way you think. I will love your commandments. Your commandments, I love them. Now let's look at this phrase one more time. The phrase is the sacrifice of praise. What do you think of when you think of the sacrifice of praise? Probably the word praise uh, is illuminated. Oh, I, I think of praise. Yeah, sacrifice of praise. Clapping my hands, lifting my voice unto God, raising my hands, right? Shouting, shouting like Joshua and Israel did. All of those things are absolutely praise. But praise is not the only word in the phrase. Sacrifice is there. <laughs> Come on. Sacrifice is there. So let's look at that word for just a moment. In the Old Testament, when something was sacrificed to God, it was killed. Come on. I mean, it was killed. When it was sacrificed to God, it was slaughtered and it was offered unto God as a dead thing. In other words, uh, it was made so that it couldn't run away. It couldn't talk back. Come on now. It couldn't do nothing but lay there. I love the double negative. It couldn't do nothing but lay in the presence of God and conform to whatever God wanted to do with it, which was to consume it. That's what sacrifice means. So now, how do we look at the sacrifice of praise? I'll lift my hands even if I look silly to someone else. I don't feel like lifting my I'm in this place and these people acting a little. What will they think of me? What will they think of me? It's a sacrifice of praise. Why would praise even be a sacrifice? Well, here are some scenarios that we would call it a sacrifice. What about when your relationship with a loved one is a little sticky? Marriage is on the rocks, your boyfriend, girlfriend acting crazy, but you come to church and you still got to praise God. Even though so-and-so is talking about you and, it, and you're mad and you want to get them back and you come into God's presence and you're expecting him to be on your side. God, did you see what she did? You hear what she's saying? This is not right. God says, praise me. What now? I know I realize that, but I, come on, God, we're dealing with this. Praise me. <laughs> what about when you didn't get the promotion at work? How's that make you feel? And I know I should have got it. I've been here longer. I got more schooling. I know more about the subject. This person comes along, been here one year and gets a promotion. 
Now, come on, God, we got to talk about this. Okay, praise me. <laughs> praise me. When you get offended and the other person doesn't even realize they offended you. You ever been in that scenario? You offended me and you're going on with your life. You act like you don't know you offended me. Do not sit up there and act like you don't know you offended me. That's what we focus on. We want to go talk to God. God, Sister Patty, Brother Trap, they offended me. God says, praise me. Praise me. Praise me. You never offended me. <laughs> and I don't believe you ever could. <laughs> when you feel depressed because things aren't going the way you think they should go, I thought it should go this way. What about when God is silent and you need him? Lord, I need you and I'm praying and I'm not hearing anything and the situation's not changing. Praise me. Pray. This is why it's the sacrifice of praise. This is why we can say also like David said in Psalm 42, why, oh soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God, just because he is God. Psalm 71 put it this way, but I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more, more and more. Enemies coming against me more, I'm praising God more. That person's talking about me more, I'm praising God even more. Come on now. I didn't get the promotion, I'm still praising God. I'm praising God more and more. That's what David's saying. Praise, watch this now. Praise does not depend on your understanding of the circumstances or the trial. Praise depends on your understanding of who is the God of the trial. Now I want to say that again. Praise doesn't depend on your understanding of the circumstance or the trial. Oh, I, I understand. Okay, I see. I'm going through this for a reason. I understand now that I'm on this mountaintop experience and God is preparing me for something else. Okay, now I can praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, because I understand it. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter the circumstance. Doesn't matter if you understand it or not. Because of the presence of God, he requires your praise. And we said this before, a lot of times we're looking for that breakthrough, but what we're not understanding is we're not doing the thing that causes the break. We're waiting for the breakthrough before we, get, before we give God praise. Come on. God says, have faith, speak my word only, and praise me. That's what you have to, that's what you can do. Uh, well, you know, we're going to cross this Jordan River. And they got a wall around the city like so many people do. And they got a wall we can't get through. I know you said you gave us that land, Lord, but I don't, how are we going to get through? I mean, what can we do? We can't, we can't beat them. They're behind the wall. I'll tell you what you can do. You can go and you can praise me. You can give me a shout and you can watch me move. That's what you can do. I'm not telling you to go give the other person a piece of your mind. I'm not telling you to rush into your boss's office and tell him why you think you should have got the promotion and the other person shouldn't have. I'm not telling you to sock your honey in the face because he's getting on your nerves. I'm telling you to praise me. Praise me and watch the situation change. Come on. Praise is, it's a choice. It's, it's a step of obedience. Praise is simply taken without the assurance, watch now, of a changed circumstance. Oh, before you assure me that it's going to change, I'm praising you. 
Before I know fully that it's going to change, I'm still praising you. I'm praising you now. Come on. It focuses on God, not the circumstance. Too often our praise is a little slight. We give a little weak praise. And we give a weak praise because of the circumstance. Our praise shouldn't depend on the circumstance. Our praise should depend on God, the God of the circumstance. Praise fixes its gaze on God's truth. Come on, not the circumstance. And listen, praise is the first step. I said praise combined with thanksgiving, praise gets you right front and center, an audience with God. How can I speak to the Lord? I stand out here, I, I pray, I shout, I shake my fist at God. I do all these things. Are you even listening to me? God's saying, did I hear somebody? Did somebody knock at the door? I, somebody outside, them kids outside in the street, what they doing? I mean, if you're going to knock at the door, come on and knock the proper way. Give thanksgiving, get you into the outer court. And then give me some praise. Now you right in my room. You and God said, you right in my bedroom now. You right here with me. You want to get right there with God? Psalm 100, 1 through 5. Make a joyful noise. Shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Doesn't depend on the circumstance. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. And when we get an understanding of what the psalmist is saying here, then we can give God proper praise and then circumstances will change. Don't wait till your circumstances change before you decide to give God praise. God doesn't desire praise, folks, because he's arrogant. I mean, he could if he wanted to. If anybody could be arrogant, come on. If anybody could be arrogant, I mean, come on. I mean, he created the universe. He breathed, stars came out. He spoke, water stopped, planets were created, animals, man. Everything was created because he said it was. I would think that if I, just because I say something and it happens, I would think, wow, you know, man, that's pretty good. But God doesn't require our praise simply because he's arrogant. <laughs> no, that's not why. It's just the opposite. God is holy. God is eternal. That means not only he will live forever, but he's been around forever. Don't think about that. Don't think about it because it'll mess you up. He's been here, right? You know, Eldon, I mean, it's like way back then, well, he was here before that. But then back, he was here before that. I, I can't think about it. Can't think about it. There could be nothing else but to praise him. You've been around forever and you'll be around forever. I can't do anything but praise you. God desires praise because he wants a deeper relationship with you. God is here even now pursuing you, seeking you, wanting to be closer to you. He wants to be closer to you. That's why God desires our praise.